Hello and welcome back. Well, welcome back. It's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? I uh, Spring break was last week, so I guess that's the main reason why I didn't record an episode. I wasn't sure what to talk about, but I guess that's what I'm going to do now, give you a recap of how a Oklahoma educator spends their spring break. I uh, One, my, my son went on a road trip with, his, uh, with my parents, his grandparents. Uh, he got to go see Hoover Dam and the Grand Canyon and Tombstone and quite a bit of cool stuff. Um, my wife had sinus surgery, so I got to be nurse. So, which again, for all the people in the medical field in my family, bless you, because I am not made to be a nurse. She was a great patient, um, and she, you know, didn't have a lot of uh, extra horrible, uh, demanding requests. But uh, just being stuck in in the house and for the first few days afterwards was a bit much for me. I get cabin fever really bad, even if I just have to get out and like I don't know, go to Lowe's. I'm not really have a lot of DIY projects, but just get out, go to Target, just look around. Um, but she um, was good. And on the mend within a few days, um, we were able to go hang out and do some things. We ended up going out on uh, St. Patrick's Day, which is actually my parents' anniversary, so shout out to them, um, and got to uh, get out for a bit. Mainly, we just kind of caught up on shows, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, some other one that I've just now forgot. Oh, only Murders in the Building with uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez, which that was actually really good. I'm looking forward to season two. Uh, I read, um, oh, my students will tell you, I read all the time. And so um, I had a history book and a novel that I was reading. And then some e-library loans came through. So I um, kind of put those to a side so I could um, read, read that one. Actually, I, I read the sci-fi novel from the library first, and then I finished my history book, and I still have a Star Wars novel to finish, and my other novel, Tolstoy's War and Peace. I'm about halfway through, and I'm actually really enjoying it, even though maybe I would have been a snob and thought it was only something that like English uh, ELA teachers would have enjoyed. Um, but I came to Tolstoy from his nonfiction writing, and I'm actually really enjoying it. Oh, also, I found there's a like a BBC Amazon miniseries for War and Peace, and it's been great. Whenever I get to a certain plot point, I can make sure we're all good, and then my wife and I will sit down and watch um, what's going on, and she's been enjoying the show, um, and that's something we could we could share. Let's see, we came back to school, did professional development. I actually, um, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting older. See, here's the thing. I'm starting to think sometimes I'm getting older and more grumpy, and then there's sometimes like maybe I'm still um, like keeping base in touch with the teenagers, and I'm just like, life's a wonderful mystery to be discovered, because I wasn't actually that grumpy about the PD. I, I learned a bit about the uh, ACT. Admittedly, it was in the last 10 minutes of a two and a half an hour, two and a half hour session in our big commons area, and I was getting very antsy and wanting to move, which by the way, always find it weird that admin would, you know, tick off some boxes on a teacher in an evaluation if they made their students just sit and listen for the majority of class. But yet, that is how our PDs are run. But no, either way, I saw just a reinforcement that ACT scores are just a predictor on your success for college, um, not just a um, smarts test, which is how, honestly, I kind of saw it when I was in high school and a lot of our students do now. So, for example, we were, as social studies, we were focusing on the English and reading and what I saw there was like, if you got an 18 on the English, or if you get a 22 on the reading, all that means, according to ACT, is that you have a 50% chance of getting a B or higher in your first year of English and social studies classes. 
And I was like, oh, that's actually very positive. But we have students who will mumble their scores when asked about them around the building because it's like, it's not a 27, it's not a 30, it's not a 32. And they ask them, it's like, oh, how'd you do? And they're like, I got an, I got an 18. Um, and that's just not right. We make them feel dumb because of these ACT scores. And I don't like that. M more on that in a second. Uh, on day two, we did some breakout sessions uh, that were really good. I really enjoyed one that was run. Uh, a, a teacher language, we call it the Socratic method. Um, but just all the idea of getting kids to work with text. It was by a biology teacher, um, and I really enjoyed it. It, it. I do that a lot in my class. Some people, I think the the idea out there is that I'm just a social studies textbook guy, and they just read all the time, which is factual without being truthful. Um, we read in chunks. We discuss. Uh, they discuss amongst themselves in a group. We have uh, like eight or nine different activities I use to help them digest the information and see how it works with previous information and a preview of what's coming. But no, I picked up quite a few ideas, especially, I'll be honest, I kind of lack in the previewing text side of things. And I appreciated him uh, going through his process because it gave me a, a chance to like reevaluate how I do things and how I want to do things going forward. So that was a big bonus. Also, he's going to be involved replacing me in a program. So it was really cool to kind of finally meet him and, and talk. Um, sometimes we're so isolated in the building. We have like 100 and 60, 170 staff members, and I don't always see them. I, I see my eight or nine that's in my bottom floor of my out-of-the-way hallway. So once again, it was it was nice to know that there are other cool people in the building. Um, yeah, and then school started. And we got back, and I did a welcome back, but then I uh, our state required a uh, HIV AIDS uh, talk. So we had a health department lady come out and talk to them all day long on Thursday. I was told it went well. They watched the T video about consent and um, hopefully um, good messages landed. But what really kind of fired things off was Friday morning, um, the department, social studies department met and we, it was an unveiled to us a proposed schedule change, which honestly had been rumored through the building for weeks. I had heard from multiple sources about this schedule change and basically it's, it's a modified, modified block schedule. Because a block schedule, when I went to high school, was four classes, four by four block. You went to four classes all day for like an hour and a half, and then at semester, you switched. So you got a year's worth of content in one semester. So in, you ended up with eight credits by the end of your year. Um, when I taught in Putnam City Schools, one middle school, we did basically this. But a modified block schedule is a, what they call an A-B schedule. So you'll go to some of your classes for like 80, 90 minutes, half of them on Monday, on A day, and then the other half on Tuesday, B day, and then Wednesday is A, B, and you just keep going through the school year. What they're proposing and what I went through in Putnam City is Monday would be a regular first through seventh hour, and Thursday, Friday would be a regular first and seventh hour, but then Tuesday and Wednesday would be this weird, modified, modified block schedule. First and seventh hour. So first hour, they would go like normal. Second, fourth, and sixth, they go for an hour and a half, and then you go to seventh like normal. And then on Wednesday, you go to first, like normal, 40-ish, five minutes. Then you go to third and fifth hour, and then you have a resource hour, and then you go to seventh hour, like normal. And that resource hour is basically why. Because students asked me why when we were they were hearing rumors and wanted to talk, and so I'm always willing to talk. Um, and even from, from teachers, it was like, why? Why are we making this change? And they said it was for intervention. Um, that resource time could be split up and have students mill about campus uh, going to get help as they need. Uh, also, uh, apparently the district has purchased, is going to purchase an ACT prep program, and they're required 
requiring students to spend 45 minutes a week working on that, although requiring is such a loose word because it was told right to our face that they can't require them to do it. There will be no grade attached. So it's like, oh, I feel sorry for our baby teachers who are feeling like they have to enforce this, but there's actually no way to enforce it. Um, a lot of my students, my juniors and seniors that I work with through our orientation program are kind of like, what? Isn't that on us? Shouldn't we be the ones? Like, why are they doing this? And I told them it's intervention because some students can't do high school well. It's not a won't, it's a can't. And, and we all talked about, like, what percentage is that? I don't, I don't know, 10, 20, 30% of our population, maybe? Um, and then they talked about how the principals want to get the average ACT test score for Mustang High School up. And um, I, I love these juniors and seniors because they are such thinkers. And they did some of the same thoughts we had as some of the educators, uh, which was, well, why don't we do better at the testing sessions and not let students just get done with the test in, you know, 10 to 15 minutes? I was like, uh-huh. And it's like, wouldn't our average go down because we're now requiring all juniors to take the ACT as part of their graduation requirement? And I was like, uh-huh. That's how stats work. You have more of a sample size. It's going to affect your average. And one young lady very, very much thought, it's like, but, but why, why do we all have to make a change in our schedule to help a minority of the students. And I was like, I know, that is constantly the debate, not even in school, but in society sometimes. The idea of what can be expected from the majority in regards to the minority. And some of these students were kind of like, and some of them were thinking. They were thinking about their classes they have now, and they were pretty open and honest about it. And they're like, I can't be in that class with that teacher for 90 minutes. And knowing that that teacher, I was kind of like, mm, um, I'm very, very professional and kept my, my face stoic and calm and I didn't say anything, but inside of me, I was like, yep, I've been hearing that. I've been here seven years and I've heard pretty much the same thing from the best of the students, from the worst of the students. And they're just imagining what this is gonna be. They had questions about how it affected their CV tech, their VOTEC, their concurrent enrollment. And it's like, I don't know. And then I asked, like, have, have no one, have the principals not talked to you or your parents? And they were all like, no. And I guess this to me, is what bothers me the most. This is supposed to be for the students. This whole thing we do, we call school. But yet, more often than not, the and this isn't just my current building, this is previous buildings and districts I've worked in, it seems like the priority is what is easiest for adults, ooh, or what can make the adults look the best. And I absolutely rail against that. Um, I'm there to help my students. I'm out there to help my students maybe be a better social studies student. Sometimes, honestly, just be a better version of yourself. That is it. And everything else is secondary to me. So whatever, like, trying to get their ACT scores up, it's like it's almost like someone somewhere in the district is trying to win at schooling. It's kind of like, I don't... I don't know. It's like the whole Simon Sinek guy with uh, Start With Why, but he has another book called The Infinite Game. And just like, how do you win at a friendship? And how do you win at a marriage? How do you win at schooling? Because there's no metric with like parenting um, or a marriage, except will my son still want to hang out with me in 10 years when he's 25? And I say, hey, you want to go get some food? You want to get some coffee? And he'll say, yeah, dad. That's the only way I'll know that I won at parenting. Um, not because of his ACT scores, not because of this paycheck he gets or the size of the house that he has. It's, will he want to continue to play the game of 
parent and child connection, adult friendship. Well, my wife, same thing. How do you win? Like, do, do we brag about, I don't know. It's like, does she still want to hang out with me next year in 20 more years? That's how I win. But there's no score or paycheck or house or social media followers that will let me know I'm winning at marriage, except the journey continues. And I think that's the issue we have at the high school and in public education in general. We, we keep shutting the journey down because they're not, our students, our parents, aren't wanting to go on the journey that the adults think they should go on. And that is so wrong. And we sit there and tell them that they are less than because they don't want to go on the journey that some random adult, this classroom they got put into, and they're made to be feel less than and belittled because they don't have a B in some random English class or they don't have an A in some random social studies class that they're not interested in because they want to go be a mechanic. And so I've said it before, I'll say it again, I'm the oddball. The only way this gets better for the teachers, for the students, for the parents is with more choice. Let parents and students and teachers decide the best way to educate students. Let parents and students decide what school has the best plan for their child. Let teachers decide what school has the best plan and environment for them to thrive and do the job of helping our young ones be better. That's it. I'm not sure this schedule is going to do it. I'm not sure, once again, this approach of declaring from upon high and the misdirection of, yeah, this is what we're doing. We've got to make a change to oh, um, this is just a proposal. It's not, you know, don't worry. And it's like, stop lying. I said it, lying. We could say, don't be factual without being truthful. It's just we all know that something's going to change. And this mixed messages and this inability to involve the stakeholders in what's going on, the parents, the students, the teachers in this process is such an egregious decision to the overall climate and health of any building. You want to have a climate with everyone's pulling forward in the same direction that involve them in the decision-making process. And especially at high school, they are breaths away from being adults. Why not involve them in the decision-making process going forward? <sighs> this is a long one, but it has been two weeks. And more than anything, weekend's almost over. I'm about to be back in my class with my students. I get to hang with them. I get to talk with them, throw in some social studies along the way, but hopefully just help them realize they are more valuable than the things they own. They're more valuable than their scores on a transcript, and that when they leave the room that in May, that they do feel like they are just slightly better version of themselves than when they walked in in August. And if that's the case, then once again, I had another successful school year. And I hope, hope more of us have that mindset. Well, as always, have a day.